A book, coffee, and porridge sit with me in an empty dining room. With no calendar appointments and no emails, it's peaceful. This feels more right than the usual mornings. The gentle human who is the cook, attendant, and server moves effortlessly, lighting his way with a smile. I am going to miss this place. We're tucked into a little harbor in Norway. The small town of Bergen has shuffled people and goods for a thousand years. The history is deep and the people are lovely. We were here for less than 24 hours, and last night we hit four museums, ate local fare, enjoyed some street art, and even ran into a protest. We capped all of that with Avatar, Norwegian style. This isn't a day that we're going to forget anytime soon. The trip has worked incredibly well. We've had eight adventurous days of planes, trains, automobiles, sleds, and even an energetic cohort of huskies without any catastrophic delays or cancellations. With our last leg home today, I'm nervous. If anything goes wrong, we will miss Christmas. Already, we have a potential issue. I can't check in for our flight, and our assigned seats have disappeared. My astute 12-year-old travel partner shows up, and as he's done several times already, tells me that my timing's off. We're late. Given the ticket issue, we wanted to be at the airport early. He shakes me out of my bliss, and I drop my head in silent defeat. He's right, again. Living in New York City, we can get almost anything delivered. A ride or a lunch comes quickly, and I can probably even get you a llama that might take a few hours, depending on traffic. The front desk agent assured me that an Uber, sorry, no lift here, would be easy and fast. I flip open the app and it tells me that Mohammed is 26 minutes away, and that's not going to work. It dawns on me that she might consider that fast. I realize there's probably a lesson there, but my stress is rising. No time. I share a problem with her and she returns to her first suggestion patiently. It was one she made an hour ago, the bus. She says, again, for the second time this morning, it picks you up right out front. It's what I'd do. I think to myself, why didn't I take her advice earlier? Was it habit, comfort, control? We grab our bags and we bounce to the door with a wave. She is, like her complimentary breakfast serving colleague, lovely. She smiles at us as we push through the ancient doors and out into the crisp dark morning. The cobblestones are damp and the city is quiet. Our hotel sits across from another hotel with a patch of well-manicured landscaping between the two. Behind us, the harbor lights shift gently. We wait. I hold my concern deep inside. That's what parents do, right? We stay calm, stay positive. Worst case scenario, we have Christmas together on this side of the Atlantic. I feel incredible gratitude at that moment that I'm able to have such options and that I'm standing there with my son. We will figure this out together. A few moments later, headlights rumble towards us. Without slowing, the bus whips past us and around the U-shaped end of the street, and my heart drops. At what seems like the last moment, the brake lights flash on and it glides to a stop. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't a really nice tour bus. The doors open and the lean 70-something determined face comes down the stairs with intensity. No smile this time, but a clear desire to help. He starts grabbing bags and we help by tossing ours under the bus. I feel immediate kinship with him. I know he wants to be helpful, but he's dispensing with the pleasantries, choosing to show his kindness through action. And suddenly, I think about how my family might feel on our road trips, and I commit to slowing down on the next one. A handful of languages fill the bus. I sit shyly behind our driver and start making up a story about his life. I imagine a tiny cottage up on the hill overlooking the harbor. A floor lamp casts a warm glow over a well-worn but comfortable chair. A stack of books wait patiently for his return. He will light a fire tonight, 
slide a six foot something frame into that chair and pick up where he left off. Or maybe I'm projecting what I'd like to do tonight. Small photos of his now grown children sit on a side table with a crescent moon out the window. It feels like no one is there taking care of him. He's not eating enough. A photo of his wife sits next to his stack of books. That's a recent addition. She passed away last year. How long were they married? I wondered to myself as they continue making up a story. I envisioned two doting daughters and their surprise as he took up this job driving a bus. It's the work he does to fill up his day because he misses her dearly. Again, I might be projecting here, but this time, one of my deepest fears. My quiet storytelling is interrupted by a semi-pleading voice. She says, he's getting a cup of coffee. He meets her worry with a patient nod of acceptance and she suddenly feels better. He's being kind, but I can feel his anxiety as his head slowly turns back towards the hotel entrance. For me, Christmas is on the line and I suppress a desire to tell her we don't have time. Does her husband know that his quest for caffeine is delaying the entire bus? While I'm not sharing it with my son, I am very worried that there's something wrong with our tickets. Why do I do this to myself, I ask. I should have been at the airport already, and this stress wouldn't exist. Another lesson. The only sign of our driver's impatience is the methodical tapping of his long index finger on the black steering wheel. We both stare out the massive windscreen at the little yellow light of the hotel's front door, willing it to open. I imagine he's saying the same thing I am. Really? Our coffee-carrying comrade emerges. He unheardly makes his way towards us and up the stairs. Coffee in hand, he gets on without a word. Somehow, our driver suppresses any frustration and still greets the reason for our delay with kindness. With the door barely closed, we barrel up the street, and Coffee Man unapologetically plops down three rows behind me. Two quick left turns, and we're forced to stop again. The brake lights of another bus sit under a red traffic light. While I can't see our bus driver's eyes, I imagine they close briefly as he takes a deep breath. He can't seem to win this morning. At this point, I'm sure he has an award back at the bus depot for the number of on-time trips. His picture hangs alongside a long row of coat hooks on a gray wall above a wooden bench. There's no traffic in these pre-dawn hours of Bergen. Two whale-like creatures sit quietly facing the shifting lights of the harbor. A minute goes by, and then two. I study our driver for a reaction. I know what would happen in New York City, and I brace myself. It's been long enough, and he unbuckles his seatbelt. His white short-sleeved shirt and thin black tie, like something out of Pulp Fiction, are a blur as he makes his way down the stairs into the frigid morning. He walks to the driver's window and gestures to the curb. I can see that bus driver wisdom is being exchanged here. It turns out these stoplights have sensors in the road. The bus in front of us pulls up another 12 inches, and immediately, the opposing light changes. I shake my head as admiration washes over me, and our driver calmly walks back towards us. I think about how I would have responded to this morning's events. Would I have waited patiently for the passenger to get his coffee while a few dozen others risked being late? Or would I have gone into that hotel to drag that oblivious man out by his designer scarf? Or maybe I would have just left. How would I have handled the wait at the stoplight? Would I have calmly helped like he did, or leaned on the horn? Had I tried to help, would I have explained it with kindness, or would I have made them feel incompetent? I hope that I would have had his grace, but I'm not so sure. We make our way to the airport with urgency and perhaps a few shortcuts through residential neighborhoods to gain some lost time. Again, something much like family road trips for me. 
We make it to the airport and an equally wonderful human inside a surprisingly modern terminal helps us get our tickets sorted. We would make it home by Christmas. We'd do it together. It was an incredible trip. The northern lights, the fjords, the art, and especially the people. I will cherish the memories with my son and the bits of wisdom laid down on those cobblestones that morning in Bergen by our bus driver. Here's to patience, family, adventure, and warm memories. Let's enjoy every moment together. Take care, friends. I hope you found this helpful, and if you did, please consider sharing it with one other person who might find it helpful too. After all, we get better together. Take care out there.